Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. We are here on a Thursday, and every Thursday, Buster Olney, our ESPN MLB Insider. Buster, next Thursday, it's going to be opening day. I can't believe it. Pretty exciting, especially after what we saw in the WBC, uh, you know, the sport having a lot of momentum. I, when you have Connor McDavid, of course, one of the best hockey players in the world, coming out and saying that, boy, uh, you know, after the Otani and Trout match, matchup, you know, what baseball had the other night was exactly what we've been looking for in hockey. When's the last time he heard baseball held up as the example of, <laughs> yeah. you know, how to build a sport going forward? It's in a great place coming off the WBC. Buster, has your opinion changed on the WBC? I, I do not know this. I've just kind of read through the grapevines that I didn't think you were an initial buyer of the WBC. Am I right on that? Well, I was more, uh, the question I always had was whether or not the teams would buy into it and whether or not there would be a lot of players who wouldn't participate because they were being leaned on by their teams. Um, and, and that has been the case. You know, there are a lot of great stars who didn't participate this year. I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of times the Yankees don't have a lot of players who are involved. Um, but I think what happened this year is that the WBC, you know, with his dream matchup that it had in the games, uh, in the final game and also in the final plate appearance, it now is in a situation where the WBC has such strength, such momentum that the objections of teams, I think, are going to get blown out of the water. And now we've seen the, the real potential about what, uh, you know, what the sport, that event could bring to the sport. You know, I heard you say on ESPN yesterday something you've said to us that you think Otani could get five or $600 million in his next contract. Aside from that, what really impressed me, surprised me, is the amount of emotion that Otani showed throughout the tournament, specifically in the semifinals and the finals. We saw the pregame hype speech that he had. We saw him when he hit the double against Mexico in the ninth, getting everybody on their feet. I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting because, of course, when he chose the Angels, the perception was part of the reason why he chose them was, it was that he could play alongside Trout and also play alongside a player who could take some of the attention. Well, I, I don't know if he's evolved, as you hope we all do during the course of, uh, of lifetimes, uh, but he's now in a place where it seems like he's ready to be the guy, right? As Mike Trout is waiting to go up for that plate appearance the other day, he looks out at Otani, gives him a nod. Otani, you know, it seemingly give him a nod back, and, and they're going at it. And it did feel like the moment that Trout, who is a, you know, arguably the greatest player in the history of baseball, with what he accomplished, uh, you know, has accomplished early in his career, where that mantle of being the number one player in the world was passed over to mm -hmm. Otani. It was more complicated than that. Uh, it's probably not true, but it did feel like Otani took the reins. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. I know what the players on Team USA said. Hey, we're worried about the guys who are here, not the guys who aren't here. Because the U.S. didn't win this tournament, do you think we get more buy-in the next time around, especially from starting pitchers? It was a pretty good U.S. position player group, but the group was lacking in some of the top U.S. pitchers. Yeah, and I think that there will be uh... – you know, more participation from top players. Maybe some of them will have watched this competition and, and will say, hey, I want to be part of that. I also think that there is a way for baseball to have better collaboration between the 30 major league teams and the WBC teams. You know, I heard a lot of complaining during the WBC, off-the-record complaining 
you know, on background complaining from executives, from staffers with teams saying, hey, Team X is asking us if they can, you know, use our relief pitch for back-to-back days. How ridiculous is that? You know, Team X, uh, they haven't used the pitcher like we anticipated, and our guy's not going to have his pitch count built up. I, I really think there's an easy way around that, and that is to try to, you know, tailor uh, some of the WBC pitching decisions based around who's available in a given day. The other day in the WBC final, Justin Verlander threw an exhibition game for the Mets. Well, if, if Justin's available and he, and he wants to do that, you give him the option, uh, then why not just do what you see done during the regular season all year where, you know, players are promoted, uh, sent down, mm. brought up for one start, and, you know, give the ball to Justin Verlander in the WBC final. Why not do that? Mm. Why not use the flexibility that we have all the way through the regular season? Very, very interesting. You know, Buster, next week it's interesting. I don't know when we're going to talk next week, and we can talk offline about this, but the Red Sox play opening day next week against the Orioles at 2-10. So we can, you know, maybe we'll, we'll to go on Wednesday, maybe we'll go Thursday live after the game. I don't know. But as we get to it, there's a chance I won't speak to you before the Red Sox actually play a game. Sox-Orioles next Tuesday, Corey Klu- or next Thursday, Corey Kluber on the mound. What's your biggest question on the Sox right now? No doubt their rotation. You know, can it stay healthy uh, enough to be competitive? And that's not the only question. I also, uh, you and I have talked about the depth of the lineup. Will, you know, guys like Justin Turner be able to stay healthy and stay in the lineup? But that rotation right off the top, uh, because of the questions about the offense, that needs to be the group that keeps the Red Sox relevant and competitive in the East. And that means Chris Sale has to be good. He, you know, you're talking about a guy who's made what 11 starts in the last three years, and Chris, uh, you know, wishes that wasn't the case. He's had all these injuries. You know, hopefully he's passed that. They need him. They need Corey Kluber to be more like the guy last year uh, that he was with the Rays, where he's able to make 31 starts. I, I just don't know how healthy this this group can uh, can be as they go through the season. How important was it, or maybe how impressive was it, that Yoshida was able to hit behind Otani in the World Baseball Classic and produce constantly? I have to think that that matters. Yeah, I, it was interesting because I told you that when he signed the contract, at the time he signed, people with other teams were like, well, that's too much money, uh, given the type of player that they perceived him to be, which is a guy who's you know, a good hitter, but unplayable on defense, probably more like a DH-type guy, which is a problem if you're the Red Sox and they have Justin Turner. But I think that perception changed during the WBC, where the more that they saw him, the more they thought, you know what, this guy's a great uh, professional hitter. He's someone who's potentially going to take advantage of the dimensions as other left-handed hitters have at Fenway Park, and he's going to be a really dangerous hitter. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about how, in the past, he's been a guy who liked to hit number two. Well, Raphael Devers also liked to hit mm-hmm. number two, and you can understand why Alex Cora is going to put Yoshida in the in the cleanup spot so he can separate the left-handed hitters. I think he's going to be fine after watching him in the in the WBC. You can see this is someone with a lot of power. The bullpen got some bad news the other day. Jolie Rodriguez, one of the big offseason acquisitions, uh, an oblique issue. We don't know exactly the timetable on him, but oblique issues are very, very finicky. Uh, how much does that worry you about this bullpen that they've worked so hard to remake? Look, uh, they don't have a lot of margin for error with that group. You know, the Yankees on paper seem to have a great bullpen. You know, Toronto worked on its bullpen. 
the Rays, as you know, they always have a great bullpen. And so the Red Sox, they need to take a big step forward from last year, which is why they spent all that money in Kenley Jansen. They're hoping that, uh, you know, by having him in the ninth inning, you can build some stability and put the rest, the rest of the group in, in a, in a Add a number of pitching injuries this spring, and, and for a team that doesn't necessarily have a ton of depth, that is a concern. You know, this is the time of year where we're starting to really focus in on rosters and who's going to make a team, et cetera. Is there one prospect that you're hearing a lot about that maybe hasn't been our, on our radar that we should be turning our attention to as we get towards opening day? One guy who's generating a lot of buzz? Uh, well, I think because of the WBC, we probably haven't been talking about Jordan Walker as much yeah. as we should have. The Cardinals corner outfielder, this is someone who's, uh, I think uh, on most services, they put him at number three or number four, best overall prospect. He, he's phenomenal. You know, he's 20 years old. He's six foot six, 250 pounds. I think from what I understand, one of his parents went to Harvard, <laughs> one went to MIT. He, when you talk to him, it feels like that he's a 35-year-old, 20-year-old. <laughs> incredible joy, great bat-to-ball spills, uh, skills. And this is someone who I think is going to generate a lot of offense and be someone who's going to manifest in the big leagues right away after he uh, he ascends. The question, I think, for him is that within a Cardinals organization that is absolutely loaded with young, good young position players, you know, how much will they he, he be pushed to the big leagues? Early in the offseason, the Cardinals' plan was to start him this season at either left field or right field. He, to me, is the guy who's going to have big impact right away. <laughs> Buster only, ESPN MLB Insider. Buster, next week, opening day. Cannot wait for it. Woohoo! That sounds great.